Welcome to the Parkway Life Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Merry Christmas, New Year. Uh, it's that week in between that you don't really know what to say. You're like, I'm still in Christmas, but the Christmas decorations have been put up, and it's almost New Year, but it's not the New Year yet, so, so what do you say? So might as well say, Happy Merry Christmas Year, New Year, something like that. So anyways, we just, uh, that's, that's the way it goes. Um, I'm glad to be here. If you haven't noticed, Pastor's not here today, and I'm sorry he left it in my hands. So don't everybody just leave right now. Uh, so there you go. Bye. See you. Bye. Uh, anyways, uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and say I'm sorry. Uh, but anyways, I've, I've got something on my heart that God gave me about six months ago. I've been working on it for six months. And uh, I think this is the season that God wants to say it in, in your life. And I want you to take this into 2020. Uh, to start out, I want to ask, is there any gold diggers in the house? Any gold diggers? Like, uh, like you're, you're, you're just going to admit, yeah, I married my husband because of his money. <laughs> Courtney? <laughs> she's looking back and she's going, when I married you, you worked for the city of Orange at $18,000 a year. And she, it was my good looks, I guess. Must have been. So, uh, any gold diggers? Anyways, this is the, this is the, uh, this is the definition that the, the world likes to use for a gold digger. Uh, this is it. It's, it's a person who dates others purely to extract money from them. In particular, beautiful women who strive to marry very old, ugly, wealthy men. I added a little bit to the definition, but, uh, but that's, that's what they say that the definition is. Well, today I'm going to change this definition. I, I, don't, I don't like that definition at all. Because I, I want to I give you God's definition of what a gold digger is. And I want to challenge you in 2020... That I want to challenge you that this is your message. This is what I want you to go out and do. I want you to be a gold digger. Now, if you do marry a very rich man, telling tithing is, 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 uh, is, is good in the church. But, uh, but, but then that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll send him through freedom and all this. But anyways, that's not my definition today. What I want to talk to you about is becoming a gold digger the godly way. To become a gold digger the godly way. And what I'm talking about today is being the kind of person... That no matter the situation you're in, no matter the hard, no matter the dirt you're in, you can always find the gold. No amens. I want you to be the kind of person that when you're around the people on your job or in your family or, or, or wherever you may go, and, and they're not just adding up to what you think people ought to be, I want you to be the gold digger in that situation. And what that means is you're, you're the person that's becoming the kind of person that can look for and see the best in every situation and the best in every person. And I said every person. Say that. Say it with me. Say every person. I want to read you the scripture today. This is a gold digger scripture. It's in 1 Corinthians 13 and 7. It says this. It says that love, this is the love chapter. We love the, ooh, the love chapter. 13, 1 Corinthians 13. And 7 says that love bears up under anything and everything that comes. And 
is ever ready. Now, now I'm a very visual person, but when I see that word ever ready, you know what I think about is that little rabbit, you know, the boom, 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 boom. You remember that energizer bunny? I mean, he, he just never stopped, right? Because he had the energizer batteries in him. But that's what love wants us to be. It's ever ready. Not just part-time, but ever ready to believe the best in just a few people. It says the best in every person. That's what love wants to do. And its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. That's what love wants to do. It wants to believe the best in every person. Not just the good ones, but the bad ones also. Now, I don't know about you. Do, do we have any, any minors in here today? Any minors? I didn't think so. We just don't have a whole lot of mining around the Golden Triangle area. Uh, but maybe you've done some studying about minors. Now, I've never studied about minors until this week. It never really stood out to me. But this week, I studied a little bit about minors. And what minors do, gold miners, they go in and they don't see gold on the surface. They don't go into something and go, hey, there's the gold. Let's dig there. They don't go into it thinking, thinking man, this is going to be an easy job. This is going to be a simple job. They go in and they know that they got to do a lot of hard digging. They know that when they go into this situation, their job, they know they're going to get dirty, but they know that they're going to do a lot of digging. In fact, the miners say this, that sometimes they have to move a ton of dirt to find just an ounce of gold. That's what miners believe. They don't go into it looking for the dirt, even though they know it's going to be there. They go in it looking for the gold. A miner doesn't go in looking and thinking it's going to be an easy thing either, because it's not going to be easy. And this is what I want to share with you today. It is sad in the world that we live in today that so many people are missing the gold because they're seeing so much dirt. I mean, there's too many people out there that all they do is look for the dirt. They're out there looking for dirt every day. You see it on the news. You see it in politics. You see it on your job. You see it in your family. You see it at school. Everywhere you go, people are looking for dirt. And it's easy to find dirt. But we've got to be the kind of people, the gold diggers, that get out there and look for the gold. But, but before we look for gold, I, I want, we've got to understand something real quick about why it's so easy to find dirt. I mean, when God designed the whole thing in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, he said, this is not my favorite scripture, by the way. This is not something I put on the refrigerator. But in Genesis 2 and 7, it says this. It says that God formed man out of the dirt man thank you jesus i mean wow that that's amazing like really god like like you could choose anything and you chose the dirt but it says that god formed man out of the dirt from the ground now the women now the men are like the muddy dirt and the women he must have chose y'all from the beaches of saint uh, lucia or, or saint thomas that's where he found the women's dirt, okay, by the way. But the men, we were like in, in coops, okay? Uh, that's where he found us. <laughs> Village Creek. Village Creek. But what, what a scripture. What, what I want to see that is God could have chose, choose, chosen anything that there is, any substance out there, and he could have even made an incredible substance and made us out of it. But it was God's decision to choose dirt. So I want you to look to the person to your right. And I want you to sniff them, not close. And I want you to go, you smell like dirt. Just do it. Some of you have been wanting to do that. 
Now look to the person on your left and say you look like a dirt bag. Just go ahead and do it. Just go ahead. You look like a dirt bag. You've been wanting to say this. You've been wanting to say this. See, we've already offended people. They're, they're, uh, but but, but, but you, you can say this, so she'll say that. Now, now, all right, you may be dismissed. We'll see you next week. God bless you all. No, no. See, this is the deal. When you, when, it's funny to me, okay? I, I love to look at the Bible and go, really? Like, why? Like, I like to look at it. It's funny to me when, when we think about all the things that we do for our dirt. I mean, like, like this morning, you got up and you washed your dirt, hopefully. When you smelt them, did they smell good? I mean, you, when you got up, you took that band deodorant or your uh, whatever you use, okay, that, uh, that stuff you use, that deodorant, and you deodorized your dirt this morning, hopefully. If not, these are good notes for you to take right now. You, you women, you women, you, ladies... All the money you spend on your dirt. I, I mean, you, you, you get your dirt manicured, and some of the men. And you get your dirt pedicured. And you go and you tan your dirt. You, you, you put Mary Kay and Mac makeup just all over that dirt. You, some of you, and I've seen it during the Christmas season, some of you took an hour trying to take a picture of your dirt. Not a, it's not called a selfie, by the way. It's called a dirty. Maybe, you, maybe that's not enough. Maybe you need a visual. This is dirt. This is, this is dirt. It smells like dirt, by the way. This is dirt. This is not just dirt. This, this is you and me. This is what we are made out of. This is what we come from. And we've got to understand before moving on in this, this, this message today that, that dirt has never had a positive meaning in anything that we do. I mean, you think about it. Somebody says, you better watch your mouth. You've got a dirty mouth. Somebody says, don't watch that movie. That's a dirty movie. Your mama at Christmas time said, take your shoes off at the door. Why? Because your feet are dirty. It just doesn't have a positive meaning in, in anything that we do. And, and, and when we really think about it, when we, when we really think about it, what God could have done, I mean, everything that he does is, is majestic and grandeur and magnificent. And, and, and I mean, you think about it as he made the sun and, and you see the sun rise and the sun set and we're like, wow. You're like, you, you, you go to uh, Ed, Ed Martin and he's going to take his family or his wife to uh, Hawaii, and you're going to see these amazing waterfalls as the waterfall goes over the cliff into this magnificent valley, and you're going to be like, ooh, wow, magnificent, amazing. I mean, when we read the Bible and we, we think about what God's going to do one day with heaven, he chose to make the gates of pearl, and he chose to make the streets of gold. I mean, he, he likes to make amazing things out of amazing things. And then he decides to choose to make you and I, when he made Adam, when he chose to make humanity, when he chose to make his prized possessions, he doesn't reach down into the gold. He doesn't reach down into the pearl. He doesn't look at the waterfall and the grass and the thing. He looks down and he digs right into the dirt of the ground to make man. He chose us and he chose to make 
make us out of dirt. I mean, you think about it. God of heaven reaches down and he breathes into uh, and, and says and speaks and the animals are created. He speaks and the fish start swimming. He speaks and the, the majestic mountains are made. He speaks and the amazing lakes and rivers and all the great things of this world are made just by him speaking it into existence. And then he says, you know what? He says, I want to make my prized possession. I want to make the thing that, that's going to be made in my image, God says. And what he does is he chooses and he reaches his godly hands straight into the dirt of the ground and starts forming Adam and breathes his breath into him. And I want you to see this from the very beginning. God himself said this. He said, I'm going to become a gold digger. He says, I'm going to reach into the dirt of the ground and I'm going to make the most magnificent thing that I can make out of dirt. That's why it's so easy and that's why I want you to understand today that that's why it's not so hard to find dirt today. That's why it's not so hard to look around. I can look around this room today and I'm, I'm sure we can find some dirt somewhere around. Sister Goodman missed a spot there or missed a spot here. I mean, we can look around and we can see dirt because it's not easy, not hard to find. But this is what I want to teach you today. Just like God did at the beginning of time. He reaches into the dirt of the ground. He reaches into the dirt that he created. And he starts building up mankind just as he became a gold digger. I believe that in every situation that you do in your life and every person that's around you, we are able to do just as God did. We're able to take our hands, our hands that God created, reach down into the dirt of the earth, and we can find gold in every situation and every person. We can reach into the dirt and we can find gold in every one of them. I'm going to teach you how to do that today because I believe this there's gold in every single person this has got to be a key statement today that I want you to remember that in a world today where it is easy to find dirt and it's easy to find it it's easy it should be our mission in life to discover the gold today I want you to be a gold digger in a world that is easy to find the dirt it should be our mission in this world to find the gold in every person and every human being and every friend and every enemy it's our job to find the gold Philippians 4 and 8 is a good gold digger verse Philippians 4 and 8 <coughs> finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent and praiseworthy, I want you to think about these things, Paul says. I want you to think about these things. And I want to take that scripture and I want to apply it to the person at your job. I want to take that scripture and apply it to that person that you know down the road that just drives you crazy. I want you to take this scripture and put it in that scripture in your mind today according to that person that looks at that you feel is just like that, that dirt in your life. Because this is a gold digger scripture. We can apply this. This is what we ought to do. We, we ought to look for the things that are true in these people. We, we should look for something that is true because this is the deal. The, the dirt finders... The dirt finders, they, they want to find, uh, find the things that are false. They want to find the things that are lies. They want to think, and they want to spread that kind of stuff. But gold diggers, 
They find the deep. And remember, sometimes you've got to dig through the dirt to find something that is true. Something that is true in their life. Something that is God-like in their life. We need to find the things that are true. We also need to find the things that are noble. The, the things that are, that are respectable about that person. The things that are honorable about that person. And just like I said earlier, when you go into it as a gold digger, you're going to have to dig through a lot of dirt sometimes to get to this gold. But it's our job to reach down in there and find that gold. So we need to find the things that are right. We need, we need to find the things that are right in their life. Not the things that are wrong. In your kids, you need, you, need to, you need to find and search for the things that are right in the kids. In your parents, in your co-workers, in your boss. Search in there and find the things that are right. It's easy to find the things that are wrong. People want to things, find the things that are wrong and they want to blow them up. But it should be our responsibility as gold diggers to find the things that are right in their life. That's the root word for righteous. You know, are, are we focused on the things that are right? Or are we focused on the things that are wrong? We've got to find the things that are pure. The things that are pure about them. The, the, the pureness of their life. The, the things that God has done in their life. Not the stains. Not the issues. Not the things going on in their life. But the things that are pure. We need to find the things that are lovely. Find something that is enjoyable and delightful about them. Find those things in their life that are lovely. I mean, dirt binders, you know what they want to do? They want to focus on the things that annoy them when we need to find the things that are lovely about them, the things that are admirable. Find something that is admirable. It's in every person. I mean, I admire this about you, and I admire this about you. Find the things that are admirable. But dirt finders, you know what they like to do? They like to, they like to highlight the shortcomings in their life. And Paul ends it up like this. He says, Whatever is excellent and praiseworthy, I want you to think about these things. I want you to think about the excellent things about them and the praiseworthy things about them. Find those things. Take whatever time it takes, but dig into the dirt and find the gold. Do these things in these scriptures. Paul says, find the excellent and find the praiseworthy. You know what? You can do this on your job. You can do this through your home. In every season of your life that you're in, I want to challenge you. To find the gold in that situation. Find the gold in that person. And I want to I teach you just a few things. I'm going to throw them on the screen today. But these are some things that I believe that gold diggers must do. The way that gold diggers must, must live their life. And number one is this. Is that we've got to understand that God created every single person with incredible value. And he created every single person with a purpose. Every person that you look upon, I know sometimes they don't strike you like this, but I want you to start looking at them as if they have incredible value in their life. You, you know, parents, I want you to look at your kids as if they have incredible value in their life, as if they were created by God himself because they were. We, we should look at them as if they have incredible value and an incredible purpose. We, we should look at people like this. Ephesians 2 and 10 says it this way. It says that, that we, we are God's what? Masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us a long time ago. I want you to understand this. You in this room, 
Every one of you in this room, every person passing by, every person on your job, your boss, your co-workers, every person that you pass by in your school, that person that did you wrong, every person, your ex-husband, your ex-wife, let me get into all that, but, but, but every person on this planet is God's masterpiece. And that's how we got to see them. As gold diggers, that's how we got to see people. That is God's masterpiece. That is God's masterpiece. That is God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. It starts with you. When you look in the mirror every morning, I'm not trying to tell you to have an ego, but I'm trying to tell you that, it, that because that takes the masterpiece a little bit too far, but I'm trying to tell you that when you look in the mirror every morning, you got to understand you are God's masterpiece. You are perfect in God's eyes. But then once we realize that, we got to take it with us throughout the world we live in. They are God's masterpiece. They are God's masterpiece. God's water in the dirt today. So we are God's masterpiece. Listen, the word masterpiece, if you, if you study the, the word masterpiece here, if you study where the Greek root word comes from in the Bible, was, was written in the Greek and the Hebrew, if we take this and we study it out, it comes from the word poema. Now, I guess that's how you say it. I, I was never in a Greek class, but it, it, it means it's poema. And, and that's where this root word of this masterpiece comes from. When it was originally written, it was the word poema, which means his work of art. I want you to know this, that you and them, they and you, are God's work of art. You are God's work of art. They are God's work of art. Now, now I've got to take a time out here. And this may shock all of you, but I'm not a big art person. <laughs> I mean, it may shock you. You probably think Brandon spends his spare time just, just painting away. And at art museums, not to make fun of it, but it's just not me. I spend my time at the buffet. That's like a work of art. Now, I don't really like buffets. I like steak, okay? But, but I, I mean, like, like if you sit down at Saltgrass, I mean, that is a work of art, okay? But I don't really spend all my time at, in the art studios, okay? Nothing about that. It may be what you love to do. I like to eat. You enjoy your art, okay? Uh, but, but the deal is, is, is I'm, I'm really not into it, okay? I mean, I, mean, I think art is beautiful, but I can't stand there for over five seconds and just admire something. Now, pastors, arts, I love it. It's beautiful because it's a personal thing but, uh, with me because my friend does it. But I just can't go to the art studio. And if, I, if the Mona Lisa was in front of me, I'd be like, eh, where's salt grass? <laughs> I mean, I'd be like going, and my deal is like when I was a kid and we went through the art studios, I, I would look at the picture down look at the picture go look at the picture thinking there's got to be a dessert bar at the end of this thing you know but but i'm not really into the into the into the art thing i mean i'm not just one of those people that just stands there and goes wow i mean i may go wow wow i mean that that, that that's more like my speed and and this is why this is why because a lot of the art out there i really think that my kids when they were in elementary school and when they were in Sunday school as kids, I really think they did a better job. I mean, I do, do you agree? Like, like you remember, you, you go look at this piece of art, and you're like, eh, my kids did better than that in third grade. I mean, I mean not me. I was a stick figure guy. That was it. I mean, I was impressed. I, Mom, look, you know. 
uh, but my kids, they, they could do better. So whenever I see art, I always go back like, could that be better than my kids? No. So I, 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 threw, I found a few pictures today I want to share with you. I found a few pictures I want to share with you today. Go ahead and throw the first one up. This here, when you see this picture, you're like, hmm. I mean, anybody just like willing to go out and spend millions on that picture right there? You're like, it looks like, when I look at it, I go, my kids did that in third grade. I mean, when I look at it, I think it's like a bunch of boxes. And I mean, it looks like something I would put on my refrigerator, right? Let's look at the next picture. I, I look at the next picture here and I think, I mean, how many of y'all think that my kids did that? How many of you think my kids did this picture? Anybody? Anybody in the room? We're going once, going twice. I mean, I, I look at this picture and I think, this is one of those pictures that Jake come home and, the, and after, after Sunday school class and he's like, Dad, look what I did. And I'm like, oh, it's so pretty. It's so beautiful, son. What is it? And, and he's like, well, what do you think it is, Dad? And I'm like, well, it looks like I'm riding a camel and there's the, uh, there's the, the angel figure up there. And, and, I mean, and I'm like, Jake, I see. And he's like, no, Dad, that's me and you playing baseball. This is one of those pictures. And I'm like, you just made that up. But when you really think about these pictures, these two pictures that I just posted on this wall, do you know what that these two pictures are the most, power, most expensive pictures in the history of the world? These two pictures right here. Go back, go to the next slide. This blue box picture sold for $186 million. That picture right there. Uh, go to the next one. You think that's something. This one sold four years ago for $300 million. You got to do that. I don't know where it comes from. But I'm like, whoa. First thing I want to I think, and, and this, these pictures make me think of two things. The first thing it makes me think of, like, I, I'm thinking after church today, I'm going down to Parkway Kids. We're painting a lot of pictures, and we got to find out who bought these pictures. Because I can make a killing off of these pictures that these, these kids down here are painting, right? That, that's my first thought. My second thought is this, is that I had to understand this, and I had to think about it. And I started thinking back, that, and then I come to the reasoning behind these pictures. See, these pictures and paintings are not sold for this much. It's not because of what they look like. you got to get this. These pictures aren't sold for that much because of what they look like. They look like a bunch of boxes and a bunch of scribbles. These pictures sold for that much money because of the artist behind the scenes and the owner that had the money to pay for them. It doesn't matter what the picture looked like. It was the artist behind the scenes and the owner that was willing to pay the price for it. And we've got to stop and take a time out here and understand that you are God's masterpiece. Every one of you are God's masterpiece. And every one of them are God's masterpiece. Do you understand who the artist of your life really is? Who's sitting back and painting all the good strokes through your life? It's Jesus Christ. It's God himself saying, look, I'm painting a masterpiece. When you were created, he said, look, I, he sat back and he said, whoa, he said, that is awesome. When he made your wife, he went, whoa, that's even better. But when he made you, you were his masterpiece. You, he is the artist behind every one of us. But not only is he the artist, 
He's also the one that has paid the price for every one of you. He's paid a price for you, and he's paid a price for every one of them. He paid the ultimate price. You think that picture was that 300 million is something right there. You put your face up there, and you put the cross beside that. And you think about how much price is on you and in your life. You are God's masterpiece. And he has paid the price for each one of us. And that's how much he loves you. You know why? He's a gold digger. He's a gold digger. He can make something out of dirt. He can take the dirt, and he can make the gold out of it. He's a gold digger. He's a gold digger. So the first thing there, the next thing I want to share with you is this. As gold diggers, we got to understand this, that God cares deeply how we value other people. God cares deeply of how you value other people. You know why? Because they're his kids too. There's not a human being in this planet that is not a God's kid. He wants to get them in the fold too, but every one of us and every one of them are God's child. And I want to ask you a few questions today. I want to to ask you a few hard-hitting questions. How are you treating other people? How are you talking about people behind their back? Because God cares deeply how we value other people. Are you, are you in the dirt or you, you got gold? I mean, he's wanting to know, how are you treating others? How are you treating the co-worker? How are you treating the boss? How are you treating your parents? How are you treating your kids? How are you treating your siblings? How are you treating others? How are you treating people? You know why? Because God cares deeply about how we value other people. He cares very deeply about how we care about other people. It was just a few months ago. It was a few months ago my daughter come up to me and she was in tears. And she told me, she said, Dad, in tears. I said, what's wrong? She said, so-and-so did something it really hurt her feelings. So-and-so did something terrible that it really hurt her. And I took my Christian hat off at the moment, and I put on my angry dad hat. And I got to thinking, I was like, would you just tell me who this kid is? Would, would you tell me his name? What, what does he look like? I mean, I was, because my, my daughter, my daughter was just weeping just uncontrollably and just like, she was so hurt. And I was like, you tell me his name. I'm going to go up to that school and I'm going to take care of this right now. You tell me his name. You tell me what he looks like. You tell me how tall he is. I I mean, I was upset. I was mad. I was furious. And I was thinking, I mean, what what right does this piece of dirt have saying this about my amazingly golden child? And I was like, I was mad. I was like, what, what does he have the right to do this? And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go pray for that kid. I'm going to lay hands upon him. It's not really what the scripture talks about, laying on of hands. And, and, and I was like very upset. I mean, I was shaking. I was mad. I was furious. I was upset. And it was when God laid this on my heart. 
so strong. He said, Brandon, how do you think I feel when other people make fun of my kid? How do you think I feel when someone does something to my kid that hurts them? And this is scripture in the Bible, but he said, he said, Brandon, if you, being a good father, compared to me, though, you're evil, care that much about your daughter, how much does the heavenly father think about every one of his kids? And I was thinking, but God, I just, I mean, I'm, yeah, a little 16-year-old punk. Like I was, you know, really, I'd be in prison. But I was thinking, you know what, God, you're right. You're right. Just give me five seconds with him, God. You know, I, but I was like, he was like, Brandon, if, if, if you, and the Bible says if you being evil, in other words, dads, you're a good dad, but compared to the love of Jesus Christ for his kids, we're really evil compared to his love for his people. If you being evil care that much for your daughter, and it hurts you to see your daughter like that, how much does it hurt your heavenly father when he sees his kids being hurt? The same pain that I felt about my kid being hurt cannot compare to the same pain that God really has for every one of his kids. No matter your past, no matter your situation, he doesn't look at that. You know what God does? He doesn't see the dirt. He sees the gold. And you're his kid. And he hurts when we hurt. And then we've got to realize this in 1 John 4, 20 through 21. It says this, if anyone boasts, I love God, and goes right on hating his brother or sister. Why? Because he re it really matters what we think about others and how we value others and how we treat others. Thinking nothing of it, then he is a liar. Ooh, that, that hits pretty hard. If he won't love the person he can see, how can he love the God that he can't see? The command to all of us is this, is that we have from Christ. It's very blunt, and this is it. That we must love, loving God includes loving people, and you've got to love both. I've got to, I want to love God, but I've got to love people too. I've got to be a gold digger. I've got to look into the dirt in people's life and understand this, that somewhere in that dirt, somewhere in that dirt is a piece of gold, and it's got to be my it's got to be my job to be able to find that gold in every human being. That's what gold diggers do. That's what gold diggers do. Number three is this. Because people are valuable, valuable to God, they should be valuable to us as well. You know, I'm, I'm thankful that Parkway Life Church, that, that what we believe in, and, and I believe everybody in this room has this mindset, that people matter, that we love people. And in fact, this is it's one of our DNA here at this church. It's one of our core values. If you've been through growth track, you, you've been through the class where we sit here and teach you about our core values. It's week number three. We teach this, that at this church, understand this, that we love God, and we love God like crazy. Amen? At this church, at Parkway Life Church, we love God, and we love God like crazy. Number two core value is this, is that we love people. We love people. Some of you walked in, and I've seen your videos in the last few weeks that as you posted that when you walked into this church, you weren't judged. You weren't looked down upon. You know why? Because we're just a bunch of dirt loving a bunch of dirt. 
We're a bunch of dirt trying to find the gold in ourselves. That's this loving a bunch of dirt trying to find the gold in you too. You know why? Because we love people. We love people at Parkway Life Church. And we love people like crazy just this morning. You wonder why we have people out on the roads with the signs. We don't force them to. We don't pay them to. You know what they're out there doing? They're loving people. Hey, we love you. You're amazing. You look good. And not just the people pulling in. The people going down the road that aren't even pulling in here. They're telling them, you're amazing. You look good. Why? Because we love people. You walk up to the front door. You see people giving peppermints to kids and high fives and hugs. Do you know why? Because we love people. You walk into the building and you're like, why is my personal space being invaded right now? You know why? Because we love people. We don't see your dirt. When you walk through this door, we don't see dirt. We see gold. You know why? Because Parkway Life Church values people and we're a bunch of gold diggers. We're a bunch of gold diggers. We love God. We love people. Not only the ones that come here today, but I look at the screens. I look at the video screen at Facebook that is getting broadcast to so many people around this community and around this world and around this nation. And I say this, you can't be here today to feel the love that we can share with you. But I look at you today in your home, where you are, in the nursing home, in the hospital, wherever you are today. And I want you to know that this church is crazy about you. We love God, but we love you just as well. And we want you to feel it today through those screens today that we love you and we love you like crazy it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from you are gold in our eyes today because we're a bunch of gold diggers here we're a bunch of gold diggers we want to go over the top we want to go over the top they're like whoo there's got to be something fake about those people there ain't nothing fake we're just crazy about you we're just crazy about you it was in the bible that jesus taught that it is more important to go out and find the one lost sheep and it is to watch the 99 that have been found. Why? Because he's a gold digger. God is a gold digger. Jesus Christ was a gold digger. And he wanted to find the gold. He, wanted, he, he saw you as gold. In Romans 2 and 4. Says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? You remember that? How kind patient God was with you it wasn't a bam and everything's just different it sometimes it takes a while it wasn't like we just dug into the dirt and there was the gold just popped out God was kind and he was patient with my dirt he says don't you see how wonderfully kind tolerant and patient God is with you does this mean nothing to you can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin do you know what being a gold digger does when you start looking and finding the good in people and being kind to people and loving to people you know what it does it turns them because they start seeing God in us they see start seeing Christ on the job they start seeing Jesus through you and Jesus says can't you see the kindness is intended to turn you from your sin it's the kindness that leads us to repentance it's the loving of God not the forceful nature of digging through the dirt it was the I believe there's gold in here 
People are coming to repentance not because they're forced to. People are coming to repentance and freedom at this church because the church loves them, shows kindness to them. We're a bunch of gold diggers. Moving on, next point is this. Our value of others should reflect God's value of us. See, you're learning. You're learning to value other people from somewheres. You're learning how to value other people from, from somewhere in your life. You're learning. Maybe it's a family trait, and that's why you treat people the way you do, or you treat them good or bad. Maybe it's a family trait passed down to you. Maybe it's because of the people you hang around, and the peer pressure is why you treat people the way you do. But, but you, we've got to admit this, that we, we've learned this, how to value people from somewhere in our life. And I want to share with you today. The place that we should find our, or learn how to value others should come from nowhere else than mirroring the love of Christ to us should be the love of Christ to them. That is how we value people. We, we don't value per people to, based on the, the culture says this is how we've got to value because that's not going in the right direction. Have you seen politics lately? Have you seen schools lately? Have you been on your job lately? That, that, that culture of this world is, is not teaching us how to value people very well. The only way that we need to learn as gold diggers is how to value others is mirroring the love that Jesus Christ had for us and mirroring it to every person that we come in contact with. And I understand Right now, you, you can think. You, you may be thinking of how you've devalued others, or you may be thinking right now about how you've been devalued. And I can think as well. And we, we all have stories. We all have these stories. But I remember multiple times where I myself had been devalued. I mean, I, I remember in a job situation multiple times and we've all been there, but we've all had that boss that devalued you. You gave your best. You gave it everything you can. And my friends here today as well, that we were both in this situation with the same person. On the job, we, we, we give 150%. He gave 175. He's just better than I am. But during this time and in this, on this job, it was, we were getting devalued. We, we were pushed aside. We were, we were, our, our names were, were run through the dirt. And, 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 it, and this, this boss would go out there and he would tell other managers that we were doing the bad things when he was the one doing them. And he would blame them on us and, and just try to smear. I mean, it was one of the smear campaigns. I mean, I, 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 he was trying to hurt us. He was trying to, to do it. He, he blasted us multiple times to, to high supervision, slamming our character, slamming our values, slamming our work ethic, and, and even making up lies to defame us. I'm not going to lie, but I wanted to retaliate. There was multiple times I wanted to come across that desk and put them praying hands on him again. I wanted to retaliate. I wanted to treat him the way that he was treating me. I wanted to treat him like dirt because that was the way he was treating me. I had it all planned out. I was going to go to supervision. I was going to let them know. 
I was going to let them know everything about it. I was going to take them aside and say, hey, this is what's going on, and this is what's going on, and this is final, and if you, if you don't like that, then I'm out of here. And I was like, going to do something about it. And just like God shows up at the moment, right? And he's like, you know, sometimes he, he, can, he can come up to you and you just don't like what he hears. Because I wanted to go, I wanted to take that dirt and I wanted to make something out of that dirt with my hands. Throw some dirt too. But I, I, was, I was headed in that direction to talk and, and just tell him everything that was going on and, and this and that. And, and, God, and it was like God just stopped me right in my tracks. And he says, Brandon, what right do you have to go in there and fight with that person? I was like, God, I got every right in the book. You told me to lay hands on them. I mean, I was like, you, you got every, I got every right in the book. I mean, he did me wrong, God. He, he deserves to be done wrong, too. And I didn't do anything wrong. He did wrong. I didn't do it. And look where I'm at. Look where we're at. We're in, we're in the corner over here. And he's over there high and mighty. I said, he, he deserves to have dirt thrown back at him. And he deserves to be taken down. And there was just something about the Holy Spirit in me. It's good to have the Holy Spirit some, most of the time. Sometimes I'd, I'd be like, can I take a time out here? And, but, but this was good. that The Holy Spirit in me started to work in me. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord started working in me. He said, Brandon, your source of how you deal with problems comes from the culture of this world. Your source of how you deal with situations is not coming from me. It's coming from the way that the culture of the world works. And this is the way that the world works. The world is full of dirt. They throw dirt at you. They throw dirt at you. You throw dirt back. They throw dirt at you again. You throw dirt back. And everywhere you look, it just looks like a messy situation. When we repay evil with evil, and we turn back and do retaliate the way that the world retaliates with us. And then you get to looking at it and they throw dirt, you throw dirt. They throw more dirt, you throw dirt back. Before you know it, this world's full of just piles of dirt. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, the way that you handle your problems comes from the culture of this world, the way that they handle problems. And if we aren't careful, we're going to take the world's way of dealing with problems in our families, and in our marriages, at work, everywhere in life. And we're going to continue to throw dirt back and forth. Back and forth. And God convicted me. He said, Brandon, you're a gold digger. I didn't like what he said. He said, Brandon, you can't live that way. Throw dirt, throw dirt back. Throw dirt, throw dirt back. He said, you can't live 
that away. That's not my way. That's not what gold diggers do. He said, I'm a gold digger and so are you. He said, when the world gives you dirt, I want you to take that dirt. And they're going to throw it. Because he said they threw it at me. He said, but they're going to throw dirt at you. You're human. They're human. And they're going to throw dirt at me. But Brandon, you got something in you that is different from what the world says. You've got my Holy Spirit in you. And he said this. He said, what I want you to do, instead of going back and forth with the dirt, he said, I want you to start filtering through God's Spirit in you. And he said, I want you to start filtering it through this question. What did Jesus do to you? And when you look at that, you can filter it through that question. Well, what has God done to me? It was on the cross that Jesus looks at the crowd. I've never been done that wrong. None of you have ever been done as wrong as Jesus Christ was. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. You know what he did? At Christmas, he said, you know what, I'm going to be dirt. I'm going to come and be dirt. I'm going to be born as a human. I'm going to live 33 years with this plan. Not a good plan, Jesus. But it turned out to be pretty good. He said, I'm going to come for 33 years and teach him how to be gold diggers. Paul, Peter, John, Matthew, Mark. I'm going to teach him how to be gold diggers so they can pass it on. And then when I'm done and teaching them how to be gold diggers, I'm going to let them defame me. And they took him and they put him on a cross. Beat him. Beat him. Took him down. Hurt him in ways that none of us could ever even live through. He was taking this hurt and taking this pain. Eventually put him on a cross. And the whole time he's doing it, he's filtering it through himself. At any moment, Jesus Christ could have said, dead, lightning strike. No. He said, I'm going to take the pain and I'm going to take the hurt. Why? Because I'm a gold digger. And you know what he said on the cross? And these words have all this year have just, just, just gone in my mind. On that cross, he said, he looked to his left and saw a thief. And he looked to the right and saw a thief. Looked out in front of him and saw nobody that was on his side. Nothing but hurt and pain. And as he was hanging on that cross, you know what Jesus Christ filtered it through? He said, you know what? He said, God, forgive them. For they don't know what they are doing. I know. I know it hurts. I've been there. Maybe not to the extent some of you have been there. 
Sorry, Sister Goodman, for this, but I've been there when people are throwing dirt. Throwing dirt. And I know in 2019 didn't turn out like you wanted it to. In your marriage, in your home. And right now you feel like they're treating me like dirt. I know in that job situation because I, I've been there. And they're throwing at you. You want to throw back, God's saying, look, would you just do as I do? Because I was a gold digger and you're a gold digger. And I know you want to do bad back to them, but that's not going to help. The only way we're going to heal this world is by filtering our situations and needs through the Holy Spirit of God and letting God filter out the junk and the dirt in our life and the way we respond is with pure, clean water. It's not the way we want, but it's the only way it works. You know why? Because that's what gold diggers do. And I know it hurts. I know they did you wrong. And I'm not telling you to stay in a destructive marriage. And I'm not telling you to stay in a destructive job atmosphere. Sometimes you got to get out. But what I am saying is how they did to you, you got to filter that through Jesus Christ. You know what this clear water is? That's what we call freedom at Parkway Life Church. You that have been through freedom here, you know what that's like. I don't want to live like this. I don't want to live dirty. I want to live pure, pure and clean. And I'm closing with this. Would you stand? Ephesians 2, 3 through 5. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. And like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us. Oh, man. What a gold digger verse. Because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that we have been saved. You know what we have to become? He was a gold digger digging out the dirt in our life to find the gold. Now it's our turn to turn it back. And the, the grace that has been given to us can now be shown through us in our family, in our job. I want you in 2020 to get out there and be the best gold diggers that you can. And I want to close with this story because it's amazing. And then we will be dismissed. There's a famous story of a, a maximum security prison in New York called Sing Sing Prison. In the early 1900s, this prison was one of the toughest in the world and had a reputation of destroying the wardens, the prison wardens. They'd come in and two years later they'd quit. They would leave. The average warden had lasted around two years until this man named Lewis Laws was brought in in 1920. Lewis had a wife named Catherine. And Catherine took time with the inmates every single day. She looked at them as normal human beings. She was a gold digger. She said that they were worthy of attention and respect. And every day would walk into this maximum security prison and would walk every hall encouraging the prisoners, caring for the prisoners, and even ran errands for them. She spent time listening to them and as a result they cared back for her. 
And Catherine was a young mom with three children. At the time, her husband, Lewis, took over the ward, and they were young. Their three children were very young. And everyone warned her not to step foot in that prison. But that didn't stop her. When the first prison basketball game took place, she walks right into the gym with her three children, walked right through the prisoners, and sat on their side of the bleachers amongst all the prisoners with her and their three children. She discovered one convicted murderer one time that was blind, so she paid him a visit. And holding his hand in hers, she asked him, Do you read Braille? The prisoner says, Well, what's Braille? And he he asked, and then she took the time to sit with him and taught him how to read in Braille. Later, she found out a prisoner was a deaf mute. So she went into the school. She went to school to learn how to use sign language. And then one night, so, so she learned sign language to speak to this guy. And then one night, 17 years later, she was killed in a car accident. The next morning, Lewis didn't come to work, and so the acting warden took his place. And it, it seemed almost instantly that the prison knew something was wrong here. The following day, her body was resting in a casket in her home, three quarters of a mile from the prison. As the acting warden took his early morning walk, he was shocked to look, and he looked out and saw a large crowd of the toughest, hardest-looking criminals gathered like a herd of animals at the front gate. And as he got closer, he could see most of them wiping tears from their eyes, these hardened criminals. The prisoners petitioned the warden to please, to please let all of them attend the funeral. And unbeknownst to everyone else, he grants their permission. He granted this strange request, and a few days later, the south gate of Sing Sing Prison swung open as hundreds of men, felons, lifers, murderers, convicted thieves, men convicted of almost every crime conceivable, marched out the gate of Sing Sing Prison, slowly to her home, three quarters of a mile away, with very few guards. His words to them as they left, he said, just make sure you check back in tonight. The march, they marched for three quarters of a mile, stood in line at their home, paid their respects, and then every one of them marched back to the prison, through the gate of the prison, back to their cell, and locked their own doors. Every one of them checked back in. Many of them said it was because they thought that Catherine Laws was the body of Jesus Christ that came alive again in Sing Sing Prison from 1921 to 1937. There were so many that most were unguarded, but not one tried to escape because they were so devoted to her. After the funeral, every one of them slowly marched back to the prison back to their cell and locked their own door. In 1920, it was a maximum security prison. But 20 years later, that prison had become one of the biggest humanitarian institutions on the planet at that time. That is the power of a gold digger. I close with this. I challenge you in 2020, we're beginning this year with a series called Make Your Mark. 
Do you know the biggest mark that you're going to make in your life will be when you become a gold digger? I stand here today. My words to you on a platform is not the biggest thing that I will ever do. But my one-on-one word with my daughter, telling her how amazing she is. My one-on-one word with my son, telling him how amazing he is. And my other daughter, how amazing she is as I dig for gold. As I look at my wife, who I brag on, and she is hot and sexy. (laughs) But I'll tell you this. Sometimes... No, she's not very dirty, but every once in a while, there's a speck. (laughs) But the best gold digger I'll ever be is when I look at my wife and tell her she's the most amazing woman on the planet. When I walk in my job, and I may see dirt, but I look at the guys I work with, and I say, man, I'm so thankful to work with you guys. You never know. Why? Because I'm becoming a gold digger. The biggest thing we could ever do on this planet And the hardest is to get your hands into the dirt and dig until you find gold. Because I will tell you this, in every job, I will say this. You know, when I told you the story of my job, I never did anything to that ball. And my friends here today, as you can tell you, I'll never forget about a year later, when his boss called me on a Sunday and said, come to my house now. He said, things are happening with him. We found out. Because they will be found out. You don't have to make the way. God fights for you. But he said this. He said, Brandon, you had every opportunity you had to take him back out. But he said, it was your character that made the difference in my life. And he's probably watching today, by the way. Why? Because I decided to filter it through the Holy Spirit of God. It all washes out. But the difference that you'll make is you being a gold digger to every situation, to every person, as you go out in 2020. Let's do that. God, we love you. God, I'm looking at a room full of gold diggers. I'm looking at a room full of people that, you know, God, we're all dirt. But when you look at us, you, you don't see any dirt. You see us clean, free, forgiven. You don't look at our past, but you can see our gold. Even before then, when you first saw us, God, you, you looked in the middle of us and you saw the gold from right away and began to dig. God, let us become the gold diggers that you are. Let us be the gold diggers in this world making a difference, finding the good in every situation, finding the good in every person, and getting out there, God, in this world that's full of dirt and quit throwing dirt, but we're going to start digging for gold, and we're going to find it, God, and we're going to let this world know that they are pure gold. God, we love you. Be with us this week. Bless us in Jesus' name. Help us, protect us, and God, I pray for 2020 to have an incredible year full of gold digging. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.